Welcome to Coached Soul, a podcast for a better you. Your host, Steve Hudgens, is a licensed professional counselor. On a non-emergency basis, you may contact them at area code 918-280-8690 or coachsoul.com to provide them with new topics, feedback, or to request an appearance on the show. And now, here's your host, Steve Hudgens. Hey, welcome back to Cold Soul. Again, we're so blessed to have Kenya with us again. And uh, I'm so happy to be here. I have missed you last week, even though we pre-recorded our last last communication about men communicating with women. And we kind of left off in our segue of how do we talk to our children? And it's interesting because you post some reels about your kids sometimes and how you communicate. What's that all about? My goodness. So, of course, this just comes when you become a mother, right? At least for me. I remember holding my my newborn, my first newborn. I have three kids. So I'm talking about my current 13-year-old boy. He was five days old, right? Mm. And he had this projectile vomit and he was a newborn. He did all the things that a new baby would do. A lot of work, wouldn't sleep through the night, all the things. And I had no rules to love him. And as God would have it, he looked just like my husband. Like I just borrowed my tummy for him to grow. He was like a spit image of Jeremy. And I had so many rules to love Jeremy, and I had no rules to love him. It was a huge aha moment, like, wow, they're pretty much the same. And it it landed on me, like, what if, what if I would love my husband the way I love him without rules? Now, I'm not telling you that this got ingrained right away, but what it did to me is this, I got a taste of unconditional love. But, but, and as life would have it, as they grow from baby to toddlers, to kids, to five, seven, 10 years old, they, um, my trauma started to flare. Can I just speak so candidly? Like I remember my mom hollering at me, come back, do the thing. You left this wrong. And I noticed that I was barking at my kids being like a version of my mom, which I didn't want to have. So I became hyper aware about uh, keep the gifts that came from my mom and my grandmother and not become the trauma for my kids, like passing it on. So literally, when I say things that I don't mean to say, I play, I take it back. And I repeat out loud the things that I want to say. I don't intend to make it perfect. I do intend to be in intention. So what the real that you said was me, I was about to do a mastermind about the mother wound. So I'm explaining yes. here to my ladies, the mother wound. My kid is chilling on the couch and I said, hey, guy, his name is Noah. Hey, Noah, repeat after me. I have no mother wounds. And he's like, mom, let me chill. <laughs> And I just really want him to see that I am making an effort to love him as he is. And for my child to just have that seed of remembrance 
is life-changing. Yes, I'll still tell him to put his dirty plate in the dishwashers, not just in the sink. The dishwasher is right there. <laughs> yes, I will still tell him to do his math and not go gaming. Like, have you finished your math? Don't go gaming. You know, I will still be the mom, the guy, the parent, but they know that I love them just the way they are. And the, the, the words I use to them, and I say it out loud, so I, I think you're perfect. Oh, mom, I'm not perfect. No, you're perfect. You're perfect for me. You're a you're perfect human. You're perfect soul. I love you just as is. And as you developed into more of you, I hope you see how special you are. It's important that children need to hear positive affirmations from their parents. And I know that you and I talk about mother wounds, father wounds, and there are all kinds of wounds that impact us as children. But one of the things that I think about is that how do we formulate uh, growing up into adults, the messages that come imparted from our um guardians and parents and such and their their messages tend to stick with us and what i mean by this is that uh listeners you can yes. go to youtube and yes. look up the still baby face it's an interesting experiment that happened in 1996 and what they discovered was a, phen a phenomenal explanation of a communication they had the mother come into the room with her child and they told the mother prehand that we want you to take two minutes and not do anything. So a, a resting face, you can't have any kind of emotion. She sits the child in front of her. They play, they engage, the baby points, the mother looks and points with the baby and oohs and ahs and, and communicates. The mother turns around for about five seconds, turns back around no face, no facial expression. The baby immediately recognizes the face. It begins to wiggle. It begins to try to get mother's attention. It reaches its hands towards mom to, to get her attention. It points, but mom's not engaging. So the baby becomes more out of, of range of emotion by in a high-pitched screech. Hey, yeah. I'm here, you know? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mm -hmm. say that, but it screeches. Mm -hmm. And it's trying to get mom's attention. And mom's not doing it so much that the baby becomes dysregulated. And so it becomes dysregulated to a point that it turns away from the tension of mother's face and then just breaks loose. And then, of course, mom engages again. And the whole point of this message that I'm trying to get across is this. Communication is also in the form of our tone, our body language, our facial expression. And when we don't communicate to our child in any way to try to soothe that child or try to understand what that child is trying to convey, it will dysregulate. And my theory is if we continue to have this over and over and over, we call it a conditioned response. Yes. And I remember this experiment. 
And it was such a light bulb moment mm -hmm. because the truth is behavior is the greatest language. Body language and tone and frequency and my, you know, my entire universe is frequency and vibration. So if you're looking at your child and you're like, oh, yeah, 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 whatever, like I'm busy, it doesn't cut it. And, and mothers, please listen to me. I know we're busy. And I know we're busy for them. We're creating the life for them. And we're if you're doing housework, you're absolutely doing it for them. You're folding, you're cooking, you're doing all the things. But that 30 seconds of consciousness, they legitimately stop and you're present. They know you're present. It's not that. And my 11-year-old still does that. It's not just toddlers. Mom, come see this. And if you don't stop and do it, they will stop asking. Yes. They shut down and say, oh, my kid is shut down. I don't know what to do. So I want to offer grace to every woman, every parent that is listening to it right now. We're all doing your best. And in our unconsciousness, we have done some things and said something and behave in ways that we wish we could take it back. So for that, let's all take a breath together. And surrender to the new awareness you have now. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you what can mend, what will mend love, present love, authenticity. You go back to your children and say, remember that day or all those years that you wanted to show me? I didn't know that's what you needed. I love you. That was my best then. I love you now. Is there anything you would like to share now? I, I'm doing that for one-on-one -on -one dates with my kids right now at 13, 11, and 8. I know it's important for you. So we we can do or we can just be. And, and I got myself a Roblox account, and I hate Roblox. <laughs> but I, I would rather him to have a memory of me yes. sucking. Can I use the suck word? Sucking <laughs> at the game because I don't know the game. And he right. feels super successful. Because in that moment, it meant the world to him. And he got to create my avatar and whatever. We have a memory, Steve. And that's part of communication that that's we are also weaving into their light. It's more than words. It's also actions 100%. and what we're doing with our child. You know, it's funny because uh, I remember my early years of therapy. I, I used to do in-home visits. I don't do those anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was working with a six-year-old that was having some issues with behavior. And so as I went in, dad was there, mom was there, mom was in the kitchen cooking, dad was up and around, and we began to talk. And we were talking about how to clean up after yourself. And dad was saying, yeah, I have a hard time getting her to do what I'm asking her to do. That he, he, She'll come into the door and he was imitating what she does. He drops her backpack and kicks off his shoes and, and, you know, starts proceeding. This is what she does. And she goes, but dad, you do it too. And mom comes right. around, but yeah, we're the adult. Right. You're the child. And I'm like, oh no. Hierarchy. Mm -hmm. I, I excuse the child out of the presence and I said, look, we cannot pull that I'm the boss card here. Mm -mm. 
we have to, if we want our children to emulate what we want and the best for them, then us, we need to do it ourselves. If we tell that child to go put the dish in the dishwasher, we have we to do We better be doing thing. it. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. Well, and, and I have coached so many moms and actually really incredible, successful women that had mom guilt. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like you have all, you oh, build this sure. empire, resources is not a problem, but they can't connect with their child. And they're like, but I can't bring the past. It's like, that's right. He's not asking for the past. He's asking for now. The memories you, know, you can create yes. now. And you have control over that. And let me, since, since I said the word control, are we wanting them to do the thing out of feeling like we're in control? Because when we're in control, we're safe. And we feel like we got this. And we feel like if when our kids respond, we're good mother, we're doing right. Or we're trusting that this is a co-creation relationship. And because you're not your parents, if you choose to not be them, this is new for you too. You're experimenting and experiencing if you're in conscious, if, if you are in a new consciousness, you're like, okay, I am in acceptance of me. At least this, this is my, my intention. Therefore, I'm going to accept you. I'm going to offer full acceptance. And from that place of both us accepting each other, we're going to co-create a relationship where, yes, I will still be your parent. Because kids don't want a buddy. I need, I need to highlight this. I am not saying that you need to be buddy babies with your kids. You are the parent. And if you don't step into parenting, there will be a shift into their brain. They will not know where to feel secure where because they're not meant to be the parent. So parents, please, your position as a parent means you're safe with me. We are a household, whether you have a, a, um, a family of mom and dad together or not. You are their strength. But that doesn't and mean you know everything. We are co-creating this. So, so accurate. And one of the things that I try to express to parents that, well, I don't understand when they're not talking to me. Well, we can't be a friend to our kids until they become of age. Then the dynamics change. But when I think from a biblical perspective, okay, it says train up in a child the way they should go, okay? And when I think about raising a child in the way they should go, is not the way I want. Yeah, I don't want my child to be so headstrong. And <laughs> I've had, you know, that. But it's how do you help uh, facilitate their personality in such a way that they grow into who they're supposed to be in developing them. Uh, I remember a story where my mom was saying that um, I was supposed to be left-handed. And they would correct me all the time all the about time. do the right hand, not the left. Like there's something plague about the left, mm -hmm. but it's, uh, it, it was what it came can, natural to you. Yes. Is what came natural to me. I was left-handed. Mm -hmm. So now mm -hmm. I can use, uh, almost, uh, both and, both. and yeah, 
So it served but, you. That trauma actually served yes, you. And, and I want to yes. highlight that. Every trauma, when you look back, it's not just to scar you. There's always a greater good when you shift perception. I like to say that the story of my life has been like chapters in my book. It created who I am. A more expensive part of who I am or a shrinked who I am, the perception is yours. Mm. Did it shrink you? Did it incubate you? Do you feel unsafe? Or now by will and by knowing that you are here for a purpose and God is not out there picking and choose, I'm going to bless you and not you and you're going to have a hard time and you're going to have a good time. It turns out that if you shift your perspective, it's all for us. And that's so important. And that's going to be another podcast that comes up about our internal dialogue. I want to spend, you know, um, at least two or three pending where we go with this about our internal Perfect. dialogue and communication, because it's so important because our messages, our communication comes from where our childhood. Mm -hmm. And it's, a, it's important that parents understand. Why did you do that? When you think about that tone and that direction, it becomes judgmental. Mm -hmm. You will well, because always... we're judging ourselves. That's the thing, <laughs> yes. Steve. I want to go back. We, sure. we offer that to our kids because we're judging ourselves. Mm. We offer perfectionism to our kids because we are holding ourselves in this, in this uh, standard that you cannot reach of perfection. So that's why I shift the word perfect to perfect as is. You are a masterpiece and a work of art in progress at the same time. Always. Yes. Always. And when I talk to parents, I say, look, you know, you, you say your communication style uh, is not working between you two is because we shut that child down. The yes. why question goes into our animal instinct brain of fight, flight, or freeze mode. And for yes. kids, you will always get four things. I don't know. A lie, blame, or excuse when we say why. Now, as much as a parent is stewing on the inside, it's so critical to be self-aware. And if you need mm. to check yourself out, check yourself out, then come back. I use different languages when my kids say, oh, I don't know, because that means they don't want to think about it. And I said, right. I know you don't know. I already take for granted the words, right? I know you don't know, yet which part of you know? And what were you thinking behind that? I was like, oh, mom, I was just curious. I wasn't thinking. I was like, okay. So it was out of just not thinking. You're just kind of fidgeting and you just broke it. It's like, yeah, pretty much. It's like, okay. So thank you. It's okay. Yes. But it's not okay to become the habit of avoidance. Therefore, I'm not going to even listen to the question. Mm. I'm not listening to the question. I'm just giving you my default answer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're not it's doing true. this here. We're not doing this well, here. And, and, and it's like if they break a lamp and that's your favorite lamp, check yourself out. Get rid of the anger first. Come back because mm -hmm. that child doesn't need to see that anger. Mm -hmm. What it needs is to hear. And it's so hard to do. And and I, 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 I've made mistakes in the past by doing it too. Yes. But I've learned to step back and say, hey, I'm curious what happened here. I know yeah. the answer. 
So, but Steve, I have to, an eight-year-old. I have yeah. an eight-year-old in the house that she still breaks stuff, and it. And honestly, there's a part of me that is in grief constantly, right? <laughs> yeah. And the last thing was like my feather earrings, and now I love feather earrings, and she just pull it down, like for no reason whatsoever. She was just feeling the texture. But we have gone through this so many times. So it, I, I'm sharing this because I really want to give grace to parents here. It's not that in you being kinder, they're going to stop doing their childhood thing. But you become a better you. You're not mm -hmm. going to allow that energy to, to, to vomit on them. So my question for her is this. You're a big girl. There is no reason that this needs to happen. I just want you to not touch mommy's things. And she looks at me. This is like last week. I know, mommy. I know this was important for you. But you love me more, right? And that just, <laughs> yes, of course I love you more than my earrings. But we've been through this so many times that she knows it. This lamp was important for me. This earring was important for me but you are more important for me. And the thing that I noticed too, that Kenya is, is understanding that our children are important, right? Yes. But our childhood trauma sometimes leak through. And that's where I say, we got to step back and check in with our parental self. Are we being like our, our, our father, mother wounds or the wounds that we have, or can we be present with our child? Get down on that one knee. 100%. Look them eye, eye contact. To eye. Mm -hmm. eye contact. Let them know. And then I've always told my children, I don't like disciplining you, but I want you to know I love you. I love who you are. We make mistakes and it's okay to make a mistake. It's not okay to stay in that mistake. Well, it's natural consequences, and, right? I reframe right. disciplining with natural consequences. But this is just the consequence of that because in real life, that's that for me, it's building character. Mm -hmm. and, and when I am not great with my tone, I do want the audience to hear this because sometimes I'm not. Sometimes my reptilian brain just go crazy, right? And I'm mm -hmm. blah, whatever. <laughs> my Latino kicks in <laughs> before... <laughs> Be, be, before the, the wise women catches like, come back, you know? And I literally do that. I was like, okay, I, I just want you to know that I have feelings too. Mm -hmm. And this was the fourth time I called you. And if I call you another time, we're going to be late. So no, mm -hmm. I don't want to yell. Yet there's my part, that is your part, and then there's God's part. Do your part. Be. Be who you are. Be the committed. Be the. And I have, I, I hold my kids into a standard that they gave to me. That's for another podcast. But I, I said, so who do you think you are? I, I tell my oldest, Mama, you know, I really stand for loyalty. He said, unity, um, uh, unity, joy, and commitment. I said, were you committed when you're late? No. So I'm holding him to his standards, the words that he gave to me, but that's another conversation. 
You know, it's it's a great segue into a lot of different podcasts, and we have about three minutes left. And I know that we talked a lot about a, a variety of ranges of how we're talking to our kids. The thing about it is if we start with them young, it's a little easier to work with them as they get older because we build a percent. platform of foundation with them that it was easier for my kids as I got older. Yes, I had to remind my daughter, hey, let's get this homework done or try to get her motivated. And although she didn't like it when she was younger, it has served her well. And I'm very Kids don't like anything that is not fun. Let's just be honest, Steve. If it's not fun, if it's not playful, (laughs) they're going to roll their eyes and like, oh, whatever. Extremely. So I do want to talk about uh, last year, I went to Zaro Conference and to CEU courses for uh, counselors and therapists to get their continuing education so that we can stay well-equipped and informed on, on new things that are happening. And I know you and I have talked about uh, how do we speak to our younger kids or even our yes. teenagers and how we speak. Yes. But for parents, I really want to push this because I really strongly believe in it. Dr. Stuart Ablon is a psychologist out in the New York area, and it's amazing in his book called Changeable. The book Changeable is called How Collaborative Problem Solving Changes Lives at Home, at School, and at Work. And his research in this book shows that he reduced behaviors by 70, uh, yeah, by almost 70% or 50, somewhere in there, 50 to 70% reduction in behaviors in schools, truancies and everything. And it's about how do we come to collaboration with our child? Instead Mm -hmm. of being a Western thought of let Mm -hmm. me control, shame, guilt you and taking stuff away, because then I challenge the parent. How much stuff are you going to take away before the child realizes, what are you going to do to me now? You can't. You've taken everything away from me. So let me tell you how I enroll my kids into collaboration. Sure. I ask them to help me. Mm. I have a retreat coming up and the clutter is speaking to me. Would you collaborate with me and help these corners to be clean so my brain thinks straighter? Um, I am, I really want to upgrade my body. True story, right? I am doing this program right now and I'm just going to drop all this weight and I'm going to get more muscle mass. Can you run the heel with me Mm. and be my accountability? Mm. And we trade that. So I put them into, I trust you. Mm -hmm. And the truth is it's more fun if we're outside together anyway, And I can check another box of spending time together. So check, check, check. Collaboration. Now I'm still your parent. You have not drank enough water. Let's do it together. Let's do a pause and do water. That is shaping the child in the way they should go and developing them into making healthy uh, choices. And that's the, we're going to end it with this example here you know, we say, don't make that choice or don't be bad today. We're speaking to their core and we don't want to speak to their core. They are a good person, but are they making a helpful choice or a hurtful choice? Mm-hmm. This is a I, different way of communication, right? I say, the- I trust you can make great decisions for yourself. 
I never say negative, like don't do this. Right. Don't do that. And, and I, by never, I mean in this season with the brain and the body that I have today, I say that. Now, go have a great day. I trust you make great choices. Tell me later. Reason why I do helpful and hurtful choices is because a lot of times our decisions, even though we may think they're great at the time, are not, they don't come out sometimes. So that's why I use helpful, meaning that are we doing things that help you to have the freedom and the laughter and it helps mom and dad to have the freedom and the laughter and we can enjoy ourselves because we made a helpful choice because you made your bed without being told to this morning. Or, hey, you're making a hurtful choice. It's hurting me by your behavior. It's hurting you because I'm gonna have to give a consequence because you didn't do what I asked you to do earlier. So can we make a helpful choice instead of a hurtful choice? Guys, uh, you know, I really appreciate this time of, of communicating with you guys and it's, it's come to an end. And I know I hear it all the time. That was great. <laughs> Quit doing a cliffhanger. No. I'm sorry. We want you back. And so we're going to talk about this, this phase of communication and we're going to dive into a little bit about uh, communication with boundaries. I think it's important that we express communication and boundaries within our family, co-workers, friends. And then uh, in a couple more weeks, we're going to get into internal communication dialogue with ourselves, which I think is very important. Incredible. Until next time, yes. take care. Until next time, much love. Thanks for joining us today. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, be safe and be kind.